Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. Today, I'm joined by Franz Sintelemi, President and COO of Lettertech. Thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. I think the obvious place to start, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with Lettertech, what are you guys all about? What kind of products, services do you offer? What do you have in development? Tell us a little bit. I mean, uh, Lettertech, we are uh, an environmental sensing uh, solutions provider for ADAS and autonomous vehicles. Essentially, we, we have this uh, unique software and components technologies that we supply to anyone that's developing a level one all the way to level five ADAS or autonomy system. So in this case, we have the sensor fusion platform that can process software or sensor data from any camera, radar, or LiDAR. And that can scale from single uh, sensor to up to 20 or 40 sensors, regardless of the customer's architecture. That's quite unique because today no one else has been able to do any sensor agnostic or processor agnostic fusion stack. At the same time, we also offer the, the ability for customers to scale. One of the limitations of the industry today as we move to more advanced safety features, more cameras, more radars in the system. If you if you change the camera, if you change the number of, ca- of radars, or if you change any configuration, you have to redevelop your entire software suite as well as change the verification validation routine, which really makes it very difficult for automakers to scale. And so our solution Actually, you can mix and match and make any modifications and even do over-the-air updates without having to modify your software or revalidate everything you've done. That's a big, big departure from what's done today, and that really will enable the next generation of vehicles to deploy much faster, which better sensors set. Right, right. Now, I know we've been running some of your releases in the past couple of weeks here in the last few weeks. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of news updates there's a launch of several new products, I know. Some announcements of some new partnerships, which we'll get into. I think it's safe to say that 2021 is out to a good start for the team. Yes. In fact, we have tremendous market momentum as the automotive industry is moving towards a more connected, autonomous, electrified, and, and shared uh, mobility. We see more tier ones and OEMs, actually even tier two suppliers, uh, needing to accelerate their new product introductions, but also accelerate the rate of introduction of new technologies. The fact that we're able to give them this platform from which they can develop quickly at low cost uh, really helps us uh, you know, engage with a number of these customers. And so therefore, as we started, uh, we signed four agreements uh, for with three OEMs and one tier one since the beginning of this year on new product development. Uh, this is massive. Topic of new exciting things coming up. I know last week, LiDARTECH uh, launched Pixat, the industry's first full waveform flash LiDAR 
data set. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about this and why the automotive aftermarket professionals in Canada should take note? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite interesting when you look at it. All of the LiDAR or all of the data sets that are public are coming from you know, what we call mechanical scanners and point cloud scanners, which uh, Velodon has pioneered this, this industry. So it made, they were the first ones to basically make sensors available. So academia has jumped onto it, and particularly uh, the Kitty data set, which was released by the uh, Cosworth Institute of Technology as sort of like the benchmark for the industry. The problem is that the point cloud technology is by itself inefficient at long range, at long distances. And so therefore these mechanical sensors don't really work in long range applications. And we felt that the full waveform approach is really the way to go. It's the lowest cost and most efficient way of processing LiDAR point clouds. And so making that accessible to the world, you know, is, is really positions letter techno not not only a leadership position, but also in a position to collaborate with a number of of partners in the industry. The other thing that's important is that traditionally, sensor makers do not release their data sets. In fact, they protect that, you know, to the nail, because you're basically exposing your weaknesses to competition. We embrace that. We think that the more people work on our data sets, the better for the industry will be, and the more collaboration will be. So therefore, rather than trying to see everyone as a competitor, we embrace innovation as a, as a collaborative effort. And this is, is significant because it enables us to benefit from what is state of the art, as well as keeping everyone involved in the full reform processing reference. And so we'll continue to make this open source, make it available to others. We'll continue to update the data, the data set. We'll not only continue to update it, but we'll also provide harsh environments. You know, Canada, we have a unique advantage where we have four, four real seasons. I, I don't know if everyone would see that as an advantage. In the case, you, you're, you're right. I mean, you know, there could be, especially at this time of the year, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you can think about it, though, for vehicles to operate safely in any conditions, you need to test them in the harshest, the most extreme environment, and they have to work reliably in those conditions. Canada, we are fortunate to have these, these extremes. At the same time, we also don't think it's good practice to take what's done in the desert in California or in Arizona to create, call it, you know, the standard. I mean, <clears throat> that's not good practice. And so we felt that releasing data set that was really taking advantage of the environments in Canada is more realistic of reality of, of where autonomous vehicles need to go. And at the same time, we're also not just collecting data here in, in Canada, but our partners, we've, you know, developed these standard pods which we are providing to our customers and our partners, they can equip their vehicles to collect additional data sets and make these data sets available again to the broader public. So in a very short time frame, you will see that we'll have the most comprehensive data set in the world. You seem a lot more focused on the development and trying to perfect or at least get the most data possible and being okay with sharing that, maybe even to your own detriment, just for the advancement of the overall understanding. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say even to our own detriments. We benefit from it. The more 
quality of data. You know, AI or artificial intelligence is as good as the quality of data. So therefore, if we can get as much data as possible uh, and we can make it available, then the AI models will be more robust. And eventually people will realize that letter text technology is more valuable. So it's a win-win in that sense. The other thing that, that to keep in mind as well is that the automotive industry has a rich history of collaboration. And in the last 10 years, what we've seen is as, you know, let's say traditional Silicon Valley tech companies, you know, start getting involved in more auto tech, you start seeing a kind of a winner-take-all mentality, which does not work for automotive. There's no sense of one winner-takes-all. In fact, in automotive, you have Denso and Bosch to a the largest tier ones in the industry, they collaborate. W and Mercedes, they, they they compete for the same customer, but they collaborate on technologies and partners. Well, and on the topic of partnership too, I know you just partnered with Osram. Can you tell yes. me a little bit about that partnership and how you guys are working together? In a nutshell, you know, for those who don't know who Osram is, they're the market leader in automotive lighting, and they're they're the most respected optical company in automotive. Uh, and they have a long history, well over 20 years of experience in working in the LiDAR industry. And so they are a key player to enable large volume deployments in, uh, in passenger cars over the coming, coming years. So our uh, engagement with, with OSRAM is we are supplying our software and component technologies. They will then integrate this into what they call the Percept platform. Uh, which will be a, basically a sub $500 LiDAR, solid state LiDAR platform that will be available for customers to deploy LiDAR in passenger car applications. You know, something that the readership needs to know, well, there, there's a whole industry talking about LiDAR startups who have all gone public via the SPAC more recently. Osram has got technologies in LiDARs that, are, that have shipped over 10 million units in the market. They have, they have their technologies, LiDAR technologies that have had over 200 billion kilometers without a single failure. So while the whole industry is questioning whether or not this, the startups can achieve the qualification and the cost, this is not an issue for us, man. They've been at it for 20 years. They're by far the market leader. So collaborating with them is an important milestone, not just for LiDARTech, but for, for all of Canada. With all, I mean, you're probably a very good person to ask with about the future of ADAS and just autonomous driving in general. How far away do you think we are from full autonomous driving? How far do you think we are from regulations catching up with the capabilities of the technology? You know, that's a catch-22 question. You know, I, I think today there's enough good technology that can enable autonomous driving. I mean, companies like Waymo, companies like Motional, or, or even even companies like Tesla are demonstrating that you're, you can actually have autonomous uh, vehicles. The technology is there. The issue is, can we have safe deployment of fully autonomous and robotic cars on the road in anywhere, any location at any time? The answer is we're probably decades away from that. We expect and to see an acceleration of level four autonomous vehicles in geofence or private uh, areas or dedicated roads. We expect acceleration. Companies like Motional, companies like Aurora, companies like Waymo, they're all gearing up. Amazon, they're all gearing up for having large number of fleets being deployed 
over the next uh, years. And this is true for companies like Intel as well. It's true for companies like Toyota, Honda, as well as uh, BMW and Mercedes. Yeah, absolutely. Being in the automotive industry, obviously we all love cars. What is your all-time favorite vehicle? Well, you know, I'm a you know German car fan. I mean, I've been driving BMWs for <laughs> decades now, for two decades. I like, you know, the, the driving feeling with the suspension and the drive of, of BMWs. So I'm a big fan of, of BMW. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.